Welcome to The Short-Term Show, the show about short-term rentals and long-term wealth, with real property owners hosting real properties who are crushing it in the vacation and short-term rental space. And here's your host, Avery Carl. This episode is brought to you by Short-Term Rental Listing Advice. Join this Facebook group and post your listing to get advice from other hosts, including myself, on how you can improve your listing. Or just post your property so you can show off. Join us at strlistingadvice.com. That's strlistingadvice.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Short Term Show. Today we have a really cool guest. Her name is Erica DK and she is a designer, but she has a different approach than other designers that we've had on the show before. So I think you guys are going to find this really interesting and I'll go ahead and introduce her now. Hi, Erica. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, so you, can you just kind of give yourself a brief introduction of yourself and what it is that you do in the design world? Yeah, sure. So I am an interior designer. I work with busy professionals to design their residential spaces as well as their short-term rental space. But I do something called data-driven approach to design. So my background is in business analysis. And so when I got into the short-term rental field, I decided to kind of merge those two together because with short-term rentals, you're not just designing a space, you know, you're designing an investment property. So designing it with data is kind of the only way to guarantee that investment. And so that's my take on design. And I've used that to work with different investors over the years. Um, I've been doing this for six years and I just finished my 73rd short-term rental. So I've had a lot of time to kind of like hone fine-tune this approach using data. And um, that's what I do. Awesome. 73. That's a lot. So what all markets are those in? Um, they're in different places. So I do some in the Poconos, um, Houston, Dallas. I've done a few in Arizona, but it's, it's kind of all over. So I do offer like in-person and virtual design. So okay. I don't have like any um, service barriers when it comes to designing a different market. Have you had a favorite market so far that you've designed in? Uh, I have a favorite market, but I actually haven't designed in yet. Um, I'm hoping to do something in Florida sometime soon, just because I did my first lake house um, in Texas, Bonham, Texas. And I was like, wow, this would be so great if we were at the beach, you know, seeing more water. <laughs> so that is like my dream market. I hope to do something there where we can really make it playful and fun with that view. Well, maybe after this episode, one of our listeners will be opening something up in Florida. Maybe they'll give you a call. I'm in Florida <laughs> and I agree. Everything oh, is always better if you're at the beach. <laughs> yeah. See, you get it. That's why I loved your hat. I was like, oh, <laughs> yep. Yep. And that coffee shop is right across the street from the beach. You can see it when you're you there. Yeah. Um, okay. So a lot of questions on this. So how do you use data to determine how you're going to design a property. Because as real estate investors, we love data. We love to see 
the n- proof in the numbers as to why you would would or would not make a decision. So how do you kind of marry those two things? So when I say data, a lot of people think like numbers and statistics, and that's kind of scary. But really what it means is using hard facts. So I have what I've developed called a design for dollars formula, which focuses on three things. So we're going to focus on your target market, value, and unique experience. So knowing those kind of pillars or guidance, um, we can then go into a property. So when I receive a property, I'm going to first research the area to find out more about the target market, because where you put where your property is located is going to determine who's going to come there. So you can either want to turn it into a destination where you decide who's coming or you can design it around who visits that area already. So just knowing that target market gives me an idea of where to start. And so once we know who the people are, so let's say you, again, we're in Florida and we wanna attract snowbirds. Because we're attracting a specific market, we can now go on to value. What are things that they find valuable? What are they looking for? Because when a guest is looking for a space, they're not looking at the design. As investors and hosts, we think that guests want to pick the prettiest place, but they are looking for a certain experience. They're, there's a reason they're coming. And so if we anticipate that in the design, when they look at these lists, listings, your listing is going to stand out because it's reflecting that value like, oh, these are all the things I actually need and this listing has it. And oh, this listing looks good. So it's scroll stopping. So they are being attracted to it because the design was intentional to do that. So it's it's a three-part process, but just focusing on the target market, what they find valuable, and how to create a unique experience based on your property. So not necessarily a unique experience in general, but like using features in your home to create a unique experience that they would only find at that property. So when you put those three things together, it's kind of like automatic to get those bookings to get you know those people looking at your space because it was intentional in the design and not just making it look good so that in a nutshell that's how i use data to design a space okay gotcha gotcha so when you say unique do you mean like okay we're doing a geodesic dome or just like you know we're theming a house really, really cute. Like what's behind you? Your backdrop is totally cute. Whatever room you're in. I love it. (laughs) That's my office. (laughs) Um, So unique is, it could be anything, honestly. So if let's say we want to do a themed listing, maybe because you are located by Hollywood or something like that, then our theme would make sense there. But there are some markets where themes don't work. So for example, I was in this Facebook group and, um, There was a host in there who had a one bedroom, super themed out apartment. It was like bachelorette themed. But the problem was, although it had a theme and it looked good and it was unique, the target market didn't match that theme. So if you are designing for bachelorette parties, it's going to be a large group. But because it's an apartment that sleeps only two guests, now you're having to create like, okay, maybe best friends, maybe mom and daughter or sisters like it the unique experience didn't match the target market and the value. So it always has to hit all those three points for it to work. So if I'm doing a theme space, it has to work. But overall, when I say unique, 
think about like if you have a really great view in your property, then creating a unique experience around that view would be maybe creating a seating area where you can sit and take in the view or maybe choosing certain chairs that will create a photo backdrop with the view behind you. Just being creative and pulling in that feature or that experience and creating a moment out of it that a guest can only experience at your property. Okay. And I think most people's next question when it comes to creating a unique space is going to be around, okay, that's great. I would love to have a unique space. We all want to have a unique space, but how much is that going to cost me? And I think a lot of people want to know how to create a unique space, but also not have to spend $1 zillion to do that. So what advice do you have there? Um, so that kind of just boils down to where to save and where to splurge when you are designing your Airbnb or short-term rental. And it goes back again to the value and the target market. So you really have to know those two things to create, to dis- make design decisions that will affect your bottom line. So when you're deciding where to save, you think back to your target market and the value, which is what you want to charge per night, what things are going to be important to them so that they're like, I have to book for this price because it has this in it. So when you phase it that way, you know what you splurge on items that make you money and save on items that they won't care about. So like in regular residential design, you may really care about the coffee table and how it looks and the color and all of that. But in short-term rental design, that coffee table is not going to make or break your investment. So rephrasing your thinking to look at it as value, what my guest values, really helps you to make those design decisions because there's You can work with any budget. I'm not one to say like, oh, that's not enough money. You know, like, well, if that's all you have, then maybe we can reduce your guest count or we can maybe do a smaller area or use paint instead of wallpaper. There's always so many ways to design a space, but just the most important thing is knowing your bottom line and what decisions drive that bottom line and what decisions don't affect it at all. What do you typically see across all markets that guests really do value? Uh, Having a space to spend time together. So I've seen, um, I'll just use the Poconos market, for example. I always make sure because when people book in that area, they're going to, they want to spend time together. They want to spend time in nature, but they're also large groups that like to break away. So thinking about your living situation, like the living seating, the communal spaces, making sure there's enough seats at the dining table, making sure you don't have a futon in the living room, but you have a nice uh, sofa and maybe some accent chairs so that everyone isn't sitting together. Sometimes you see those U-shaped sectionals and like that only works for a super close family because we're all having to sit next to each other. But when you create a living space that flows with different pieces, a large sofa, a bench, some large ottomans, sectionals, I mean, not swivel chairs, it creates enough room for everybody, but also gives everyone space to break apart. Management Monday is proud to present this episode of The Short Term Show. Management Monday is a weekly course that will teach you everything you need to know about managing a short-term rental from a distance. How to get more bookings, hire ADR, how to hire and fire vendors. Even if you don't want to manage it yourself, you need this course so you know how to manage your manager. 
Over 10,000 Superhosts started their career with Management Monday. The best part is, it's free for short-term shop clients. Start your journey today at theshorttermshop.com. theshorttermshop.com. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the content of our podcast, but you have additional short-term rental questions, we host a weekly live question session that you guys can join for free. It's at 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays. And if you head over to strquestions.com, you can sign up. So not only am I the host of this show, but I also own and manage my own properties. And I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have about short-term rental investing. So please join us anytime for a free weekly live Q&A on Zoom. Sign up at strquestions.com. And what would you say in contrast to that, what's one thing that investors might mistakenly think is really important to guests, but actually hasn't ended up being important to them? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to say murals uh, and specifically the murals that have like the location name on it, because it's kind of like a postcard. So the, I know those murals, they take a lot of time to do, maybe like a week or two. And then they also cost money. I don't think murals are going to attract someone to book in that space if it doesn't have all the important things like the bed with the nightstands and the nightlife. So even if you have this super cool Instagram worthy wall, but you are missing in other functional areas like the kitchen, or there's not enough lighting in the bathroom, you could still see a drop in your occupancy rate and having to reduce your nightly rate to attract you know, any type of bookings. So I would say instead of mural walls, maybe focus on things that are unique. So if you're, I'll use the Poconos again, cause it's on my mind. If you have a Poconos um, property, instead of doing a mural wall that says Poconos, you could do something maybe with uh, some unique kayaks. So maybe custom painted kayaks and you can display that on the wall because that is something that someone can book that specific property for because another property doesn't have it. So I wouldn't say don't do um, accent walls or Instagram walls, but be be creative and make sure it's truly unique. Gotcha. And I think where I see people get tripped up, because I do think that in, in the right markets, the mural walls, like the postcard mural walls can can do really well and can get you booked, but you have to be really careful because I've seen people hire muralists and then it kind of looks like a kid did it. And you can tell it actually, I think just cheapens the entire thing when you list it that way. And then people don't book it at all because they see like they would have, yeah, they would have booked it more if it hadn't been there than if the bad one was there. So yes, if you are doing uh mural walls, which I'm a fan of in the right markets, but, um, Make sure that you definitely vet your muralist. Yeah. <laughs> <For laughs> Make sure. sure that it's not going to look like my five-year-old did it. So how do we, when you're coming into, let's say somebody hires you in, in any market, how do you determine what their target guest avatar is going to be? Or do they tell you or do you say, oh, you know what, this is in downtown Houston, kind of near the convention center, you're probably going to get a lot of business travelers. Let's do this. Or do they, do they kind of come up with it? 
Um, it's kind of a collaborative process of sorts initially. So because of my business analyst background, how I piece together my designs is a little different. So when I'm talking to a potential client, I'm going to get all their, uh, I in my head, it's like project benchmarks like things they really need to hit in order for this investment to work. They were thinking that it had to list at this price per night. So with all that information and where it's located, and I kind of create, again, going back to my background, I create like fe a feasibility chart of sorts. Like, okay, we can hit this nightly rate, but we'll have to pivot our target market and maybe do special marketing some way to, again, kind of like the um, themed one bedroom apartment I described earlier. Although it doesn't work as far as like the bachelorette party and the group size, you can still tailor it and find a target market to attract to it for that price, for that look. So there's always a way, but I really like to get all the information up front and then create like a plan to get them from point A to point B. So with the target market, you could tell me like, oh, this is how much I want to charge per night. So that means you must attract maybe luxury clients if that's your rate. And if we're attracting luxury clients to this market that they don't usually come to, that means we have to turn this space into a destination rental. So somewhere that is not, it's it's a pool is not based on the location, but on the strength of the property itself. Okay, that makes sense. So, okay, let's move on a little bit from the design side of things. So you don't just design these, you also invest in them? So I don't invest them anymore. When I got into this market because I was in college and the Super Bowl was coming to Houston and I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm close to it and I have this apartment, I'll just put it up. So I put it up and I got booked almost immediately. So maybe like two hours I got booked and I was like, okay. And so after that guest came, I was like, well, that wasn't so bad. I'm a college student. I can just not be here on the weekends. And I just left my apartment on there and it kept getting booked. So when I graduated, I decided to get uh, an apartment solely for Airbnb and do rental arbitrage. And so that was going really well. And I was like, wow, I really want to keep doing this. So I got into co-hosting, which is, you know, hosting other people's properties, but they were not short-term rental properties. They were homeowners who had extra properties and they were listing it for long-term rent. So I would find them on like just different platforms and reach out to them and say, hey, I can make you more money than a long-term uh, rental. And they'd be like, okay, fine. How much is the budget? And so in that process, I had to really develop a formula to get, because they're kind, they're not open to short-term rental at that point, you know? So I have to make this investment profitable for them. And so once I figured that out and how to design for the things that mattered, it didn't matter what their budget was. I could get it done quickly um, and just get it up and running. And so from there, I started co-hosting. I had about like 13 um, rentals when I stopped co-hosting because I am an introvert and I was young. So I found like at that time, I didn't really want to be talking to guests all the time. Um, even though a lot of things were automated, I still had to talk to guests occasionally. And I just really enjoyed the design part of it. So I am not investing or doing any type of short-term rentals right now. Um, I think in the future, if I was to get back into it, I just want to focus on like turnkey where I could design these top uh, performing rentals and then 
pass them on to people who were interested in doing that. But for me, that part of the market, I'm not really interested in it right now. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you don't like dealing with people. I can relate to that. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you ever think about maybe like getting a VA to handle that kind of stuff for you? Or was, um, was it like the money didn't, wasn't worth it or, or the not, not necessarily not worth it, but were you making more money doing the design than the actual management? And so Um, you just focused. I think in terms of what mattered to me, so like with design, I find I have more free time because I am not selling my time. I'm selling my skills as opposed to like short-term rental. Um, When I was co-hosting, I also really loved that model because you're not putting any money in and you're just investing your expertise to make these uh, rentals perform. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know, like I think just because I'm really hospitable. So even if I had a VA, like short-term rentals, the whole market means a little more to me than just the real estate side of things. I'm really, how I see it is hospitality. So mm-hmm. a VA, I had them before, but I don't know. I think I just, no matter what, would want to be invested in there because I also have a background in like events and design for events. So when I would get guests that are coming for birthdays, like upselling, like um, designing the space for them was kind of something I like to do too. So I don't know. I just, because I get that question a lot because a lot of my clients, they have these properties and I'm telling them, you know, you can make money. But for me, I just, I don't know. I'm just not really interested in it right now. Maybe again, because I'm a little younger. uh, Maybe when I get older, it'll be something Um, that I want to consider. But I don't know. Right now, it's just, I love the design. Okay. That's fine. You know, there's ain't no shame in that of doing what you want to do, what you you enjoy most and sticking to that. (laughs) I admire that for sure. Um, so is there anything that we haven't covered related to design and choosing design that you think our listeners would benefit from hearing before we move on to the last three questions of the show? Um, yeah, I guess I would say just to, when you first get into short-term rentals, I know it's sometimes uh, marketed as real estate, you know, acquiring the property is real estate, but in order for that investment to succeed, you really need to become an expert in the hospitality field and being all about what makes your guests happy. Because if you make your guests happy, that's how you get bookings. It doesn't matter if you change your title or you use ChatGPT for a super crazy description. Like if you don't have the things that they're looking for when they are looking, they're not going to book. And um, that's just true. And I know during the setup process, that's the last thing on your mind, but just going in, knowing that you need a design strategy is going to, you're going to get the best results when you approach your design that way, for sure. Yes, this is 100%. It is a hospitality business with some real estate investing mixed in. So I totally agree with that. And let's let's move on to the last three questions of the show. So first question, so I ask every guest these questions. First one is, what advice would you give 20-year-old Erica? Um, 20-year-old Erica, I think I would tell her to just be really clear on what you want to do, even if you've never seen anyone do it. Because for a while, when I was trying to get into short-term rental design, I wasn't marketing my value the right way because I didn't understand that investors would find value in data-driven design. I was just trying to make it look like 
interior design. So I would say just be clear on who you are and not be afraid to showcase that because the world needs that. All right, great advice. Second question, what advice would you give a new short-term rental investor who's looking to get started today? If you're looking to get started today, I would say look at your look at properties in your area that are listed already on short-term, I mean, Airbnb or wherever platform you're trying to post on, look in your area and look at a com a comparative property and read those reviews and see what the guests liked about that property and what they didn't like, what they wish they had and incorporate that into yours. And you're going to be almost guaranteed to be a top performer, even if you don't have design skills, as long as you use that information to base your design on. Gotcha. We call that the enemy method around here. And last question, what is your favorite book that's impacted your mindset? My favorite book, I read a lot of fiction, but um, the four hour work week changed my life when I read it. Um, just knowing that there's more to life than just working. And so with short-term rentals, I feel the same way when my clients come to me, they're looking for to change the trajectory of their finances. And so that book really helps me to like, I can make this happen for you. Like, it's not just a dream. You want an ice cream themed rental in Waco. I can make this happen for you. <laughs> and I do that. And it's, it's great. So the four hour work week, honestly, is my, my book. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm a Tim Ferriss fan. I haven't listened to his podcast in a while, but uh, uh, definitely a fan. Um, okay, so Erica, if our listeners want to follow you, find you, learn more about you, where can they do that? Maybe not find um, you. It sounds a little creepy, but you know what I mean. Uh, follow you on social media. Where can they stalk me? Um, uh, I'm active on Instagram a lot. So Erica OOH Designs. Um, I'm on there sharing resources, tips, values. I also do lives every Thursday on my Instagram. So if you have questions, I love to answer those. And I also like to invite them to reach out for an audit, which is okay. just a quick um, 20 minute service where I'll look through your Airbnb and tell you, you know, what you could do. And it's usually just small things that you miss. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize that. And then boom, you've changed your rental. So that's where I am. All right. Well, Erica, thank you so much for coming on the show and we will catch you later. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.